So it's a camera in one eye and a bottle of whiskey in the other. Hello and welcome everybody to Podhard with me Jonas Högberg and Anders Schultqvist. So we've reached the year of 1927. Maybe not a great year for action movies, but there are a lot of things happening this year. We have the the ominous presence of sound. The sound movie is finally upon us everybody. Uh, the Jazz Singer has a premiere 1927 with Al Jolson singing and uh, doo-wopping and doing all sorts of uh, uh, weird stuff. Fun fact, it wasn't actually uh, him singing that people were so enthralled with. It was actually hearing someone speak uh, in a cinema actually for the first time. So um, speaking, not singing. And, of course, uh, the uh, Academy of uh, Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences is founded. Uh, You know, those swell dudes and dudettes that uh, hand out uh, Oscar statuettes. And uh, Douglas Fairbanks, of course, our longtime hero, is the first president of the Academy and uh, is the guy that awards the producers of uh, Wings the very first statuette for best picture and uh, that's a movie that we'll be getting back to this episode but before we get into the movies we're talking about i just want to make a brief point about the movie houses not sure if you know that anders but uh, back in the day uh, movie houses were sort of a big deal uh they they built these huge i mean they were almost like opera houses uh, back in the day for cinema uh, so with lots of uh, seats like uh, 5,000 seats in many of these big uh, splendorous movie houses and uh, 1927 the biggest of them all was uh, built and opened the Roxy Theater in New York City they called it the Cathedral of the Motion Picture and it was uh, this huge gargantuan building which housed a lot of weird stuff. I mean, not they had like 6,000 seats for everybody to come and watch uh, movies. But they also had like an infirmary. They had a hospital with nurses in this uh, cinema house. So if anyone was taken ill, they could be um, shipped down to the hospital below. Yeah, you know, some, some movies uh, contain pretty strong scenes. But... Uh, I'm looking at some pictures of this place and it's uh, pretty spectacular. Unfortunately, it was uh, torn down in 1960. So the Cathedral of Cinema is no more. It's a graveyard, not a cathedral. Cinema is a graveyard. Cinema is dead. Cinema is a graveyard, yeah. (laughs) It's a shame. There's a fantastic uh, picture where Gloria Swanson, uh, the great uh, silent movie star, is standing in the ruins of uh, the building. Very fitting end, I guess. She had made Sunset Boulevard where she was a has-been and now movie as a whole was a has-been, I guess. 
There's some poetry there, I guess. Do I see do, you, do I see a teary eye there, Jonas? Well, I sure would have liked to visit this place. It looks uh, pretty wacky, to say the you, least. Jonas is welling up here. Yeah, man, the Roxy man, the Roxy. <laughs> so anyway, let's uh, leave all that and uh, talk about uh, the things that you guys turn in to hear us talk about. Yeah, other things turned into ruins. Oh, you mean action movies? Hopefully <laughs> houses in the action movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, through explosions. But but yeah, 1927 is a bit of a ruin, I suppose. I, I was checking in on Larry Semon again. Oh, yeah. That guy's, uh, yeah, he, he's not so good anymore. <laughs> Wow, that was a, a crass statement. Yeah, he, he had he had a brief turn there. I, I mean, I, I checked on Oh, What a Man, where he once again gets in a motorcycle with a sidecar to give chase. I guess this time the girl, Gertrude Astor, is driving, so there's something. Uh, once again, they are picking up people in the sidecar in high speed before smashed by train. So I guess Larry Simon is copying himself now. Hasn't he done that for quite some movies already? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I'm all for doing stuff again and again if they're awesome. But it, the, I, I sense a bit of fatigue here. He started with copying Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd and now he's copying himself copying them. Which he has already done as well, but it's it's starting to feel a bit strained. This uh, film you're talking about was probably one of his last movies. He died in 1928, um, so yeah. But uh, let's not end on a sad note here, Anders. <laughs> and then I've, I've tried to locate, because Japan is still churning out some stuff, and I was looking for uh, Shuji's travel diary. Chuitabi Nikki, directed by Desuke Ito, uh, who did Shokon, that uh, Shokon, I don't know how do you pronounce that, the movie we watched last time. But uh, there seems to be only fragments survived of this, of this uh, trilogy of films. Uh, I haven't found anything. And there's a lot of Japanese movies that I haven't found, so... And also some Chinese movies are starting to appear, which I haven't found either. Bit of a bummer. And Harold Lloyd did one of these more character-based uh, movies, The Kid Brother, which is cute. Uh, yeah, it's cute. Yeah, it has a pretty fun sequence at the end where uh, Harold uh, and a villain is chasing each other uh, in a sort of a stranded ship on the shore. There's some nice... Uh, playing around with the stuff there. These uh, bad guys, when they they have this fight and uh, Harold Lloyd is trying to hide and they always stumble on the the furniture he is hiding underneath or inside. It was a pretty uh, funny gag. And then I, I gotta say, it's more of on the cute side and not action related, but that crane shot early when, when he uh, climbs a tree. And the camera follows and he wants to uh, see uh, the girl for a longer time when she goes further and further into the image. (laughs) 
Well, uh, he actually constructed a special elevator for that scene where they positioned the, the camera. He climbs the tree and the camera with the elevator is, uh, well, I guess they're cranking it up uh, there together with him to allow for the that special rising move. So this was before crane <laughs> shots. Uh, no crane, but an elevator. So that's, uh, that's an elevator shot, not a crane shot. Yeah, very cute and... Uh... Uh, considered <laughs> <laughs> considered okay well i did uh, i did find uh, where he fools uh, his brothers into beating up their father uh, i i thought that was a pretty good uh, rumble as well where, where they man they they really throw their punches uh, like madmen uh, in these movies yeah, there's really good fights in Harold Lloyd movies i, I think in this movie, this is the first movie I've seen, I guess, with Harold Lloyd, where he isn't up to par to fight. No, yeah, he got pummeled. I mean, he he's, he is really a weakling in this movie, and he, he can't take uh, a punch, and he can't deliver a punch. Uh, so that's why he runs around in his uh, big set piece at the end there. I like the end fight where he, when he walks away with uh, Jubina Ralston uh, and his uh, neighbor shows up, they have a food, <laughs> what do you say? They, they don't like each other. Uh, and he starts to fight him and the dust is uh, covering the whole uh, screen. Yeah, they kick up a sandstorm. Yeah, they kick up a sandstorm. And when the dust settles, uh, he is back with Jubina further back in the image and his neighbor is lying knocked out on the ground. This is actually Harold Lloyd's own favorite movie of the ones he made. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, well, it's fine, Harold. You're wrong, but we love you anyway, man. The Kid Brother isn't our main movie for 1927. That is, of course, the grand um, airliner. I almost said um the grand airliner now it's the great um airplane movie airplane uh no it's called wings and it's a spectacular movie about the first world war it's one of these uh, big sweeping historical dramas it's very uh, uh what do you say yeah yeah what do you say what do you say <laughs> well, you can say so many things, Anders. It's very hard for me to uh, <laughs> to figure out. This movie must—I uh, uh, don't know. It, it's there's a degree of polish to it in in this regard. This uh, sweeping historical epic. Uh, I mean, it's basically about two guys who are going to be pilots in First World War, who is in love with the same woman and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> And stuff like that. Okay, great. That's a nice way to summarize, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we get a comic relief character. You totally left out the uh, the uh, the star of the movie, Clara Bow, there. 
Yeah, because it's an odd character. It certainly is. She's kind of shoehorned in, <laughs> I would say. But she's very good at that. Yeah, she she said this uh, herself, actually, that uh, she had uh, not really that much to give to the movie. She said it was an essentially a guy's movie, uh, and she... She shouldn't have been in it, she thought afterwards. But uh, it's a classic: two guys in love with the same woman, but then there's another woman, and then the guys fall in love with each other. <laughs> <laughs> and th- yeah, and then the guys fall in love with each other, but then one of the guys has to settle for this other girl who uh, happens to be in love with him. <laughs> man, this is confusing, man. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, th- there's uh, there's a lot of love going on here. I'm not that well versed in the historical epic formula, but uh, if it was already pursued in earlier movies, I guess they refined it here, or else it just established the formula more or less here. But you you recognize this structure like from every historical epic that follows, I would say. Well, the, there, there's more, there's more drama in this movie than we're used to <laughs> seeing these uh, crazy screwball comedy action flicks uh, we've seen from the tens and the twenties. Uh, we haven't seen any drama movies really, and this, this is more of a drama movie with spectacular action scenes. I mean, I, I suppose it's like the drama genre caught up with us. Uh, <laughs> we haven't been uh, checking out what they have been up to. We've been uh, more or less uh, thinking there's not much action there. So here one drops right in our laps. And uh, I was a bit surprised by uh, how uh, well-oiled this uh, narrative machinery is. At this point. Well, uh, so uh, Clara Bow, she plays this manic pixie dream girl, I would say, (laughs) Uh, Mary. And she is very intent on uh, marrying this guy, Jack, played by Buddy Rogers, I think. Jack has definitely no eyes for Mary whatsoever. And she even helps him build a car in the beginning of the movie. I mean, he's so oblivious. He's like... uh... What girl would help a guy build a car uh, and <laughs> Fuck it. deliver these uh, eyebrows? Yeah, she's uh, emoting a lot, which is uh, fantastic in a later scene. I hope I remember to get back to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? But it's pretty obvious from the get-go here that you could do a pretty good drinking game based on uh, this Jack character and his G. G. Gosh, Willie. This guy is uh, a boob. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so as well. So every time he says G, I think you should down a gin. And you won't make it uh, through 20 minutes of this one. And I mean, not all of the G's are are spelled out in intertitles. You can see the G's uh, without them spelling them out. Uh, oh, there's a G. Oh, there's another G. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. G- G's, man. Jack isn't in love with uh, Mary. He's in love with uh, Jobina Ralston. Yeah, I, was, I didn't know she was in this, so I was a bit surprised. 
Yeah. Jubina Ralston is one of few people I recognize from the silent era now. <laughs> yeah, she 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 did six movies with Harold Lloyd. She was quite popular. She is I think she's really good at playing these um, uh, cute uh, girls and here she's not so cute much as uh, she's more posh and a bit aloof. But she has a very small part as well. So she's essentially just a foil for these two guys. Yeah, Jack's in love with her, uh, but she's in love with David. And But she doesn't want to let Jack G. Powell down. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's like a puppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess she doesn't want to make him cry. I'm, I'm guessing uh, she didn't want him to, like, kill himself. Uh, I'm guessing people... People in the in the 20s were easily offended when the other people wouldn't respond to their uh, suiting. So best hope is he dies in war. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but David, David, this other guy, I, I d- never Jack. understood how... No, the other guy, David Rich Armstrong... We can call him G and Rich. G and Rich, okay. No, uh, I never understood how they were best pals. Did they become that in in the uh, during pilot training, or were they already I th- think, this tight? I think they might have been like uh, schoolmates or something, gone to the same school and not not been pals, and then they became pals when they became uh, when they were in the same uh, regiment. But I don't know. David, he's not in the movie that much uh, as as a character. I, I mean, he just shows up with this brooding serial killer look gazing in front of himself. Uh, or did you feel the character was uh, structured in any other way? <laughs> well, certainly, ma'am, madam, uh, ma- uh, sir... <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Oh, sorry. You're a big David Armstrong f- fan, well, I, I suppose. Well, I have to say, I, I love his hairstyle. It's uh, it's um, it's Crispin Glover, man. It's Crispin Glover. Uh, he looks exactly like Crispin Glover. In... Yeah, but he looks exactly like Crispin Glover. Yeah, but the, but the hair is spot on, man. Yeah, but it just adds to the serial killer vibe. I mean, I, I, I was thinking about <laughs> Crispin Glover's dad as well in, in Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is a serial killer. Big shout out to <laughs> Crispin Glover's dad for that part uh, yeah, in amazing. Diamonds Are so, Forever. So I, I kind of... Uh, um, I, I kind of... Uh, what do you say? Uh, I don't know what I'm saying. So anyway, I, I, thought, I thought it was... Uh, there, there are some really nice... Um, uh, Gloverisms. Gloverisms. There are some really nice images early on. They have put the camera on a swing. Yeah, talk about it. It gives uh, this uh, scene uh, a very hypnotic uh, character. It's David and it's uh, Jobina Ralston. I'm not sure what her character's name is. Uh, it's the rich, the rich woman character that uh, Jobina Ralston plays anyway. So she and uh, David is on a swing and going back and forth in, and camera follows them along. And then you see in the background uh, Jack uh, coming in with his car that Mary helped uh, him with earlier and totally got shunned for. Very bad behavior by G. Jack. He stops his car 
a couple of meters away and then runs into uh, in the middle of the frame where the, the swing is going and he stops the swing and uh, sort of like kidnaps uh, Jobina. What a fantastic shot. And I mean, that's not the only shot that we've been talking about that is like surreal, crazy good. He drags uh, her away to try out his uh, racing car. Mary sees them. <laughs> and I mean, she's like, well, this is okay, I guess. She wanted to be the first one to ride uh, ride the, the jack, the, the car. The jack? Oh my god, <laughs> what are you insinuating, man? Are you insinuating? Uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, They're enlisted. And Mary is allowed to borrow the racing car while he's off to war. She better make sure that uh, she doesn't uh, mess it up in some way. Because then G-Jack will be sorely pissed with her. He won't be G no more. No, no, no. So there's a lot of teary-eyed farewells. I suppose not one dry eye after these sequences. (laughs) Uh, Little teddy bears and stuff. Yeah, yeah. David has a a teddy bear that has been given from his mom a long time ago. And now he brings it along for luck. Yeah, so they're going to train to be aviators. So the comic relief character appears, Shrimp. Yeah, the Dutchman. So he gets knocked down and there was a sound effect to the smack yeah they they uh, this is maybe not the first but one of the first movies that really took uh, sound effects to the next level i think yeah there will be lots of them during certain uh, showings of wings in 1927 they had like uh, people doing sound effects at the cinema theater i don't think they were pre-recorded uh, because wings uh, wasn't using the the uh, the sound um, stuff tech technology but uh, they definitely wanted to capitalize on sound because it was uh, it was a big thing in 1927 with the jazz singer so uh, sound effects were employed uh, in the theaters by certain people who, I guess, were doing uh, foley things uh, as behind the screen or something. Paramount did a brilliant remaster of this movie in the early 2000s, where they simply put on the sound effects. So, yeah, pretty good stuff, I would say. So, Shrimp gets a bit uh, harassed and knocked down, as I was saying, because they think he's uh, a German who want to fight on the American side. He has a, a tattoo of the American flag on his bicep. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, and his bicep isn't very... Uh, well, it's floppy. It's very floppy. Uh, and it's dancing around almost. Uh, yeah, he's a, he has this trembling flag tattoo, so so they accept him <laughs> as a joke. So there's some boxing, and I mean Jack and uh, what's his face, uh, Money Rich, Money Rich, David, Jack and David. They really duke it out. Yeah, they have a boxing match. Uh, I guess it's only meant to be a training match, but they really go to town on each other. It's like Harold Lloyd stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, they just pummel each other. But maybe this is where they get really tight, because then they hug up and, yeah, David, you really can bleed from your face. <laughs> yeah, Jack uh, really beats the shit out of poor David. <laughs> Jack is a monster. And when he sees that he is, like, uh, almost crying and uh, bleeding and stuff like that, he's like, oh, well, now we're best pals, man. Gee. Very strange uh, ending to that scene. So meanwhile, Mary joins the Women's Motor Corps. 
I'm gonna drive. Uh, uh, what's it called? An, like an ambulance truck? Yeah, I'm guessing it's like an amb- a field uh, ambulance or something like that, employed uh, at the battle scenes. Um, so uh, both Mary and Jack and David are in Europe. I think this is the character played by Gary Cooper, by the way. Uh, one of the great American actors. Uh, this was one of his earliest parts. It's the guy that gets uh, killed uh, in the beginning that says, uh, well, uh, here's a candy bar, guys. Uh, I'm going up there. And then he's like shot down immediately. <laughs> <laughs> this this uh, shadow of a plane hovering above ground intercut throughout the sequence ominous uh, threatening and then there's a crash the editing for the crash was great as well with the impact with the planes uh, and the shadows playing with the masterfully i would say very nice very nice yeah there's some great stuff in this one absolutely um so uh well because this dude died uh, both jack and david gets thrown (laughs) into the thick of it i don't really know (laughs) yeah and it's so great because there's a guy coming in and uh, says the they're going uh, going up in the air, dudes. And uh, <laughs> Jack is going on dawn patrol. Finally, so happy. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I suppose uh, the movie is supposed to show this uh, naive uh, boy being destroyed by by war. I suppose. But uh, uh, you didn't catch up on that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> No. You only caught the G's and the Jiminy Cricket. Uh, Rushing ahead before we go back to what happens now. (laughs) I mean, 50 minutes in, G uh, becomes uh, okay. Jack starts to say okay. And I I was uh, thinking maybe this is uh, the battle-hardened Jack uh, revealing his cynical... uh, new cynical side. It's no more G's, it's okay. But I think G comes back later and and he's still all smiles <laughs> so there's o- so there's only through text the movie says uh, the hollowed out shells of men destroyed in war and then we cut to all smiley jack gee <laughs> more champagne yeah please. <laughs> well to his credit he's, he is pretty bummed out at the ending of the movie though you have to give him that. So back to 40 minutes in, I <laughs> okay. think. We take to the sky. So I, I'm hoping everybody keeps notes here. Oh, 40 minutes in. Mm, okay. They got to get out and do a flock of figure eights before Shao. <coughs> that, yeah. yeah, man. That was an intertitle. I mean, it's been pretty breezy 40 minutes. And now we're into the thick of it. Now comes a great big uh, battle scene. Yeah, then they are immediately up against the German ace Count von Kellermann's Flying Circus. Yeah, Flying Circus. Great stuff, man. Where's Monty Python? Before the the um, the battle scene uh, commences, uh, there there was a nice uh, scene where uh, they had like marching on the lower screen on a big uh, meadow. Uh, and the sky was superimposed with different fighting scenes. So the men were marching along and then there were different battle scenes being shown on the sky. Uh, I thought that was really nice as well. Yeah, it's like in... Uh, do you remember the the Amiga game Cannon Fodder? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
with a long line of of next uh, yeah next in line for for becoming uh, gravestones. Uh, but uh, that's not uh, the case for Jack and David at least. They turn they turn out to be great in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are uh, amazing. Top Gun, get out of here. Gee, there's uh, a lot of. Uh, I mean, extremely impressive uh, shots in the air. And I read about a bit about the movie. I was just going to ask you, how did they do some of this shit? I mean, the, so seemingly they have cameras everywhere. They have cameras everywhere. Even, I mean, the actors, they, they are really driving the planes. It's them up in the air. Uh, maybe not doing all the crazy stuff uh, when you uh, take big wide shots with a camera. But when you do these close-ups, it's not that they have them on the ground and they have like superimposed the background. It's really shots of them flying in the air. So that's why they want to cut so often to these uh, full frontal close-ups. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> because the real shots, man, the real shots, and and they're being pretty scared. Man, that's insane. The director, William Wellman, uh, he was actually in the First War. And when he got out of the First World War, he met Douglas Fairbanks. And uh, Douglas Fairbanks thought, you are a nice guy, you should become an actor. And so he helped William Wellman become an actor in like 1919 or something like that. But William Wellman thought acting was for pussies and uh, wanted (laughs) to direct... And so he became a director in the early 20s. And uh, uh, he's uh, very much this John Ford character, you know. Uh, he He's very hard on his actors. Uh, and evidently, uh, you can really see this that in uh, this movie. So it's a camera in one eye and a bottle of whiskey in the other. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, but, John Huston yeah. style, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say that, uh, that, that Fairbanks just told him, oh, you're going to do a movie about uh, people in airplanes. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just force them all up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See what happens. Well, uh, so, yeah, they did a lot of, of weird shit. And uh, he essentially had... Uh, he, he, he got... Um, an entire like squadron of the air force to to accommodate uh, his every wishes i mean there were some crazy and he shot for like 9 months or something and the studio was like uh, pissed off uh, ec- extremely pissed off and they almost um, kicked him out uh, of the director's seat uh, it was only because they saw oh well this is pretty good stuff uh, let's keep it up but they was so pissed with him that he wasn't allowed to go to the Academy Awards uh, to accept uh, the Oscar for the movie. But basically, he probably is one of those assholes that people like to romanticize. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think so, yeah. But anyway, uh, he, he does uh, get some very, very nice shots here. <laughs> he does. Uh, and there, there's a nice uh, effect also where they're hit and uh, you get these fire effects, uh, you know, these flames uh, that are that are yellow. Uh, they're like um, painted on. When planes are falling down. Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. Maybe they overused it a bit because they really liked this effect, but it looks great. It looks great, yeah. And I'd really like this uh, transition from uh, we see gunshots... Uh, going into the metal of a plane and then it tr- the 
image transitions to inside the, the plane where we see the the gasoline tube uh, being um, being hit. Yeah, I mean the editing is pretty pretty spot on uh, most of the time. I think um, he he might he maybe draws out he maybe uh, extends these scenes in the air a bit too long for my taste. There are three big set pieces in the air and they are quite similar so the first one here i think is is awesome uh but it starts to drag uh, <laughs> at the second and the third one i would say too and also they have a problem with uh, i think they don't trust we see what hap- what's happening because there's a lot of text uh, <laughs> throughout the battles that are uh, clearly explaining throughout what is happening well uh yeah well that's nice i guess yeah because some of the wide shots where you can't possibly know what plane is uh, which are so spectacular up in the clouds there's these uh, clouds everywhere big clouds and small oh, planes yeah. mm, uh, the clouds oh <laughs> yeah it's it's great <laughs> it's really great and and i mean planes doing barrel rolls uh attacking each other uh going like a couple of meters above each other it's i mean it's bonkers stuff bonkers stuff isn't tom cruise on about now that they are they are doing something new with top gun that no one has done before with blah 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 actors in real planes and stuff and and wings did it in 1927 and the the, the stuff uh, the shots of the actors uh, in the cockpit uh, yeah, it 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 gets a bit bogged down when you reuse them, but oh man, they're so great! Every every single shot is fantastic uh, in the air. Um, I I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, it's really great, and I mean the crashes. I mean the crashes are sp- way crazy as well. Um, there, there's a plane crash landing, uh, landing upside down with it. I'm hoping it's a stunt doll that that uh, bounces out. It, it sort of looked like a real person. I mean, that was crazy as well. What's happening? Yeah, I read that the, one of the um, stunt guys uh, broke his neck uh, doing a crash landing. So maybe that was for that was for real. Jack, sometimes John, he, he crashes right in the battlefield. They call him Jack. He's his real name is John. I've always had trouble with this. You know, they always call a, a Robert or something Bob and stuff. Uh, people have uh, several names <laughs> stateside. Why do you call a person called John Jack? I mean, there are four letters, both these. Uh, I, I, I don't get it. Why is Jack more uh, more loose than John? So, any American listeners, maybe... Uh, reach out explain this use of names yeah please enlighten us about this uh, very very weird uh, habit of calling uh, <laughs> calling john people jack that's very weird hey, hey Jonas, don't be so judgmental <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh, they of course win the battle uh, they chase off the germans and uh, we oh you're at the end now Oh, no, it's this first battle, of course. Okay, okay. I thought, okay, so they won the war. (laughs) The end. Well, spoiler alert, they do win the war. uh, But uh, we do get uh, another scene (laughs) 
up in the air with a big bomber. Uh, oh man, it's my favorite scene. Yeah, that's a very very nice scene. And and here we have uh, Mary doing stuff on the ground as well. Yeah, this is what where I wa- was coming to. She rides into town and she's uh, so happy. It, it looks like th- she thinks, oh, everyone is playing hide and seek with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, when she enters the town because everybody has uh, has hid themselves from the big bomber that is coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so great uh, uh, fa- acting here from from Clara Law. She, she's so happy. Oh, everybody's playing hide and seek in the middle of, of war. I, I'm gonna <laughs> go uh, look for them, and then bombs start falling. <laughs> And I mean, whoa! How did they do this? They they just drop bombs on a city. I guess they drop bombs on this village. I'm guessing that's what happened. I mean, they blow up a village. Yeah. And this doesn't look like model work either. It looks like real houses. Doesn't even look like, uh, 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 I mean, uh, uh, what they uh, just f- fake houses. <laughs> Papier mache houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Star Trek houses. <laughs> it doesn't look like Star Trek houses. <laughs> no. Yeah, it looks like real houses. And uh, there's this shot from above, uh, from within the bomb hatch, where you can follow the bombs down to the ground and explode in one take. How the F Beep. do they do that? Do they actually drop bombs? The, do the bombs go off? It's so many questions about this movie. Somebody should go like uh, like like uh, shot for shot and explain all of the shots what is actually happening how they did that because some <laughs> of the stuff is really mind-boggling. Yeah, so blowing up the village is my favorite uh, scene in this movie. <laughs> it's just uh, these are these are quality explosions. Yeah, and I mean we get a lot of sound effects in the air as well, uh, planes soaring, plummeting, bullets being shot. Uh, explosions uh, it's sound effects bonanza man and I gotta underline that they have camera positions everywhere it's above, below, front, behind inside, outside, upside downside I, I, I read that they waited 18 days for ideal uh, uh, weather to shoot scenes in ah these clouds for one, yeah, exactly. They needed the, they needed a background for the planes uh, to have behind, so that the planes wouldn't, so that you get the sense of um, of, of placement and a sense of uh, three a 3D sense, uh, I guess. And just big ass grandeur. <laughs> it's so huge, spectacular stuff. Uh, and of course, they shoot down. Well, uh, of course, Jack, the G Jack guy, saves the day. He shoots down the bomber. Did you notice they drive the the bomber with a big uh, truck wheel? Yeah, they did. <laughs> Look, <it> must be <laughs> weird driving an airplane <laughs> with a, <laughs> with a wheel. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, they they celebrate. They go to Paris and uh, they celebrate like madmen. And we get a very weird sequence where Mary tries to... She she finds out that Jack's in town. um, And she also finds out that everyone who has uh, like shore leave or what you call it. uh, They're to go back to the war. And so uh, she gets worried for Jack and needs to find him. 
but he is enthralled by bubble sanders what's going on this scene uh, is uh, odd very odd they fell in love with this bubble effect uh, obviously i mean the bubble effect won't stop jack is i mean how much champagne has he inhaled i <laughs> 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 or, yeah. I don't know. He, yeah, he's so weird. He can't see anymore. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, actually, I have another bit of trivia for this scene. Uh, Buddy Rogers, the actor, like 22 years old here, uh, he hadn't drinked. He hadn't... Uh, he hadn't... Uh, gotten plastered. <laughs> he hadn't gotten plastered ever before. But William Wellman thought, now's the time. Get going. And so he is genuinely um, crazy, crazy drunk here. Crazy drunk. Okay. Method acting. So the bubbles aren't an effect. <laughs> yeah, the bubbles is... Um, well, I don't know. I mean, he hallucinates bubbles everywhere. It's like painted bubbles on the screen. Um, and it's infatuated by these bubbles and w- just wants more. Uh, I think he says, no more war, just bubbles. <laughs> uh, this lady he has hooked up with, uh, he's going he's gonna to leave the place with her. And Mary has uh, talked to a weird toilet lady about uh, getting nicely dressed in a dancer's dress to win him over and then Jack just uh, shakes these women violently to see who of them release most bubbles yep pretty much yeah at the club there's a great uh, butt shot uh, (laughs) at the beginning because there's Mm -hmm. two butts moving (laughs) away from the camera (laughs) And then yeah. one is revealed uh, to be a, a guy in a kilt. I really liked uh, this scene. Let, let's just leave this scene. Uh, it, it's it's uh, man, it drags on for too long. Like uh, like most scenes in this movie, they should have cut the, the movie down to one and a half hours. Or something. I mean, I think it's great up until the intermission almost, and then the scenes right after the intermission just felt. Like they really didn't work because it wants to be this at times heavier uh, representation and show the World War One, and I just don't feel it. But I I like the joyous, uh, fast-moving uh, action adventure about these pilots. Well, I do think they they get quite cute towards the end, uh, towards each other. It's a real bromance going on here. They they really feel for each other. David is uh, shot down. And uh, Jack believes uh, David to be dead. Uh, but uh, David has managed to escape his plane. Uh, and uh, the Germans. Um, and is running around behind enemy lines. And so when the final battle ensues... Um, we cut between uh, Jack doing his heroic, uh, crazy, I'm gonna slaughter all Germans uh, thing, uh, and uh, David stealing a German plane behind enemy lines. Oh. And, and here you get some serious anticipation. Okay, I see where this is going. Uh, and yep, 
that's where we're going. I, I really thought that, that um, this movie was very cute earlier. And I thought they wouldn't go that dark. But, uh, well, that's what happens. Jack shoots down David. And uh, David crashes like crazy against a, a house. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny that he almost crashes into a woman and a child standing by Jesus on a cross. <laughs> we're, we're going pretty heavy here. The mission they are on before David crashes, where, where they are going uh, around blowing up these balloons... I love the shot of two um, Germans relaxing, eating sausage and uh, grabbing a couple of brewskis in, in their hot air balloon when, when Jack and David just show up and explode them. And the mass battle scenes are pretty spectacular as well. We follow the army in the trenches and a bunch of tanks. And so we get our final bromance uh, chapter between Jack and uh, David. Jack finally... Uh, he lands his plane by the ha- by the house. I'm guessing he wants to gloat in the dead German's uh, face or something. So when he finds out, oh my god, I've shot down David, he becomes, of course, all heartbroken. And uh, they have a very heartfelt uh, goodbye there on um, in this house. Uh, David's life is ebbing out of him. And uh, Jack uh, kisses him almost on the mouth. It's very, very, very much bromance almost going all the way to gay man's. I love the moment when when he finally dies. It crosscuts exactly when he dies to uh, a propeller stopping on a plane. Then it cu- cuts back to, to them for a while. I, I, I thought it, it should have just left uh, there. It, it was actually kind, kind of beautiful uh, editing. I mean, it's it's a bit obvious image-wise, but it it worked, and the placement is is perfect of the edit. Great stuff, great stuff, and so we get an epilogue scene uh, with uh, Jack home at the states. Uh, he of course uh, realizes that uh, it's Mary that uh, he should uh, woo and. Uh, yeah, he tells uh, David's parents, uh, oh, I happened to shut down your son. So sorry about that. And he l- delivers the teddy bear to them. So it's a lot of emotions in the end. And uh, Mr. G. Jack is very much uh, a changed man. So yeah, that's wings for you, man. Oh, uh, and we maybe we should say at least one word about the spectacular um, tracing shot with the moving camera through the uh, uh, the famous shot of Wings. We haven't talked about that uh, crazily enough. With the camera moving through cafe tables in Paris, uh, essentially uh, ending on uh, Jack drinking champagne, I'm guessing, where they pulled away the tables as the camera got closer to them. The, the point of view sort of escapes the tables, and that's where people rushed forward and pull apart the table in two parts. And, I mean, that shot is one of uh, the silent movies uh, most famous. And, uh, yeah, William Wellman, he gets his shots, man. Maybe we'll be returning to William Wellman in the 30s because he is the director behind the Public Enemy. 
the first uh, gangster movie of the 30s. Next time it's 1928. Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be a great Buster Keating year. Crickets. Uh, <laughs> Crickets playing. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, man? You can't do this to me. <laughs> Wrap it up. Oh. Revoir, we will always have Paris. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for having me, man. Uh, I'm hitting this stop button now. Okay, so signing out, everybody. Uh, take care of each other out there. <laughs>